Welcome to Stealing Hub KNR. How's it going, guys? Good. Good really? I'm exhausted, to be honest with you, but uh, I'm excited to be recording another episode. Yeah, we're... Uh, we're I'm we... not. Chris and I, we're not on speaking terms. <laughs> so Why is that? Everything's... Man. What? What? Did you just hear some wind over there? Some noises? Over... No, so anyway, there was a... Uh, there was an incident. There was an incident. Last week. Yeah, so Chris and I were playing last week, and uh, I took a crushing loss. Well, two-point loss. What happened? Give me the breakdown. I'll let Nick talk about this because I, I just, I just played my game. Well, I didn't have a comfortable lead, obviously, but I had enough of a lead going into the Sunday night game that I thought for sure, ah, yeah, this should be no problem. Should pick up the W this week. And then Masahiro Tanaka had a little meltdown. Got touched. A little meltdown. Six, six runs in the first inning. Yeah, yeah. I followed know. by like a, a leadoff dinger by Springer yeah I know well see the thing was if I could a double by Beltra if <laughs> oh. if our lineups didn't lock at the first game of every day I just would have taken Tanaka out and not even risked it I thought he was going to have a good game I didn't think he was going to blow up like that but I would have taken him out put him on the bench not even risked it I would have won um, as it is I lost by two points so, and learned a lesson in the process. Yeah, you should have won that game, Nick. Or that, no, this week. I did but, not learn any lesson. <laughs> I only learned disappointment, sadness, and resentment. <laughs> Nick Cal's 0-2 when it comes to playing Stealing Home. Maybe the most knowledgeable of the three. Oh, like, certainly the but most knowledgeable. At the same time, big players make big plays, <laughs> and that's why I'm here. Jesus. You got right, horseshoes right. up your ass. <laughs> Uh, Wins a win. So continuing the trend of big name players hitting the DL in the MLB this year, uh, everybody's hurt. Everybody's no, hurt. Healthy, pack it up. Let's all go home. Familia. Cano. The entire Mets pitching staff. Still. Most of the Mets outfield. <laughs> This affects you. Edwin Diaz is no longer the closer in Seattle. I read that today. Uh, we're recording a little bit later than normal. I'll take the blame for that one. But we can say that uh, Diaz has been taken out of the closer role for now. Not, I don't know who's... Not happy about that. I think I hope he gets it back. Jesus, he had a lot of hype around him starting I, this year. Man, I could see him growing into an Andrew Miller role, like we've talked about before, where he's more of a middle innings firefighter, maybe pitches an inning or two. I was know? actually uh, talking to Chris about that, about Joe Biagini. I could see him developing into that role. You know, he's shown that he's got the arm strength to go more than a couple innings, so... I honestly don't think that Biagini is going back into the bullpen, or if he is, it's not going to be for very long. I think that he's going to be a fairly regular member of the Jays' starting rotation from here on out. I'm happy with that, the yeah. way he's been pitching. Chris has him on his team. So So today we're going to kind of do... Uh, yeah, here. I'll, I'll Sorry, we got to address some emails that we got. Yeah, we got a ton of emails last week. Are we, doing? we got seven emails last that, That'll week. be at the end. That'll be at the end. Okay. Special uh, segment at the end. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. Um, we had a few emails about trades. And uh, these other two guys, Rob and Nick, haven't seen, uh, haven't seen these yet. So I've been kind of compiling them. And so I'm going to ask their opinion on 
uh, some of these trades just in case maybe this is something that you guys have in your league. You want to know what your players are worth and what we think your players are worth. Now, I haven't seen these because you don't give me access to the emails. And, I and never see the emails. Why can't I see the emails, Chris? Well, Why you don't guys, you trust me with the emails? Dude, the passwords, Nick sucks. You guys aren't even supposed 15. to be. <laughs> you guys aren't even supposed to be talking. <laughs> Why? Oh, right. Yeah, does she hate me right now or something? Yeah, well, I haven't, talk, I haven't said a word to Chris, to Chris since Sunday, so I figure I can make it up because we're all podcast buddies. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, we're also sharing a bed in L.A. Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact, yeah. <laughs> Just to rub some salt in that wound. Yeah, you, me, and... Uh, well, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first trade uh, trade scenario number one. Are you ready for it, boys? I am excited for All right. it. Andrew Benintendi, Kyle Seeger for Clayton Kershaw. I don't... Mm, I don't think so. I don't think that's a good trade for uh, whoever owns Clayton Kershaw. Sorry, Benintendi and Seager? Yeah. yeah. No. I don't think oh. that has the value. I think Benintendi's doing really well this season. I think he's still a young guy. I'd like to see him make it through the entire season playing this well. Kyle Seager, uh, another great player. Uh, yeah, but he's, he looks like he's starting to heat up. Clayton Kershaw. Better than Manny Machado. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, as it's far Kershaw, as, though. As far as that trade goes, and it's a problem that you have with uh, any any guy that's as good as Kershaw. So you, you get this problem with Kershaw, with Trout, with Max Scherzer, kind of, with Bryce Harper. Is that it's really, really hard to both trade for the guy and uh, trade... To get him. To, and yeah, to get yeah. him. It's because you know that those guys are so good and they're going to score you points and their ratios are going to be so good depending on what format you're playing in that uh, to get their true value out of them, you need somebody who really, really wants them and is willing to part with a lot, like at least two top-tier players who aren't in that like super elite tier. Okay, like, so give, me a, give them a scenario, give the listeners a scenario here of what... If you were the owner of Clayton Kershaw right now and your team wasn't doing so well, what would you take for Clayton Kershaw? God, I would need like a big name guy like Charlie Blackman, Freddie Freeman maybe, uh, and another another good like okay, I'll tell you something right now. If I'm the Clayton Kershaw owner, I'm looking for a trade something like Charlie Blackman and Eric Thames. Blackman, super good, has been... Lights out. Lights out this year. We've seen him in previous years. He's just a good ball player. Thames is on a super high note right now and could fall off the face of the earth, but he's the kind of lottery ticket that if I'm trading a guy like Clayton Kershaw for, it would be two big... Two guys who have produced big so far and uh, have the ability to, you know, blow my whole season up, having both of them on my team. All right. You guys took way too much time. Sorry. <laughs> okay, but it actually kind of segues pretty nice. Mike Trout for Eric Thames. Absolutely not. What the hell? No, absolutely not. No. Uh, Trout for Thames straight across, no. Uh, but, I mean... If you're trying to make it work, I could throw, I don't know, 
Oh, we're not talking about our trade right oh, now. No, no. <laughs> oh man, that's, we're trying to get deals yucky. done during the podcast. That is disgusting. I, that that one's a really <laughs> tough one to Who talk about him? because uh, you need something else, and without yeah. in a vacuum, that's a terrible trade. It's never going to happen. But I mean, it's a good jumping off point. Okay, uh, next. This one's actually kind of intriguing. Dallas Keuchel for Freddie Freeman. Man, I love Freddie Freeman, but Dallas Keuchel might be the best pitcher in MLB right now. I mean, it's kind of like him and Chris Sale are both just dominant. But Freddie Freeman is one of, is one of the top five He's a first hitters. baseman, though. You know what? That is the kind of trade that I like. If I have really good pitching and I have Dallas Keuchel on my team and the other guy has really good hitters, he can fill a guy in behind Freddie Freeman at that position. Um, he's obviously not going to be as good as Freddie because Freddie is been playing amazing so far this year um in the right scenario that's a really good trade in my mind because uh it's trading strength for strength obviously i'm not going to pull the trigger on that if keichel is my only good pitcher and but if you got a surplus and i already have like okay in my position i have thames and goldschmidt at my two positions that i could put a first baseman at so i'm not pulling that trigger if i have keichel because i have nowhere to put freddie Essentially, and that that is one of the hard things that I find with uh, when it comes to trading first baseman is that there's a surplus of highly talented first baseman out there, whereas uh, as other uh, position players, there's not quite the same depth. So I do negate a little bit of value from Freddie just because he is a first baseman. But Keiko's been lights out as well. It's, yeah, you, that's you're right, Chris. That the first two trades are kind of like. The listeners are probably like, what are these guys on about? But that's that's a really interesting trade that I think comes down to your uh, situation. But I could totally see that happening. Okay, this next one is kind of a a shuffling of the the pieces. But who knows, uh, depending on what's going on in your team. Uh, Bryce Harper for Mike Trout, straight across. Getting a lot of Trout requests on the emails today. That's... Last week. That's... uh... It, yeah, I think you're right when you say you are kind of shuffling the cards a bit. Like you're you're basically if you're making that trade, you're banking on somebody either completely dropping off from their hot start because they've both had great starts, or getting injured, which it's kind of risky to be you know I, assuming that's going to happen. I think the only thing I would that would make me consider that trade in the least is if I'm playing in a league uh, where. Not a points league like ours, but in a uh, in a roto league where you need to have ratios and stolen bases and all that stuff like that. I could see it if uh, you know you had you were in sore need. If you were a Bryce Harper owner, you needed more stolen bases. Mike Trout steals a few more bases than Bryce Harper does every year. Uh, I could see it happening. it's it's just one of those things that there's no value gained and no value lost in my mind. That's kind of what I thought too. The only other scenario is if you do if if you are a Harper owner, you can fill in a center out or a corner outfield spot versus a, a weak center fielder spot a little bit easier. Yeah, as far right. as that goes. So I think I think well, Trout still holds the, holds the value even though Harper is putting up more points per game right now. But 
Yeah, I I could see I I can't really see that happening in a real world scenario, mm-hmm. but I could see some desperate person who really you know a Nats fan or an Angels fan mm-hmm. or something like that that want to make it happen. Okay, uh, last two here. I'm gonna start with the first one. Buster Posey, Paul Goldschmidt for Irvin Santana. No, I'm no, not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that either. I I don't like that trade at all. Why? I don't think Santana's got the same value as those two guys. I think that yeah, it just doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, despite his hot start and being, I think he still has an ERA under two. Is it? Mm-hmm. I know for a while it was under one. I don't it know might, if it's Buster Posey's considered a top three catcher in the league. I think he's probably consensus number one right I now. I agree. I was just, you know, for the sake yeah, of argument, yeah. a, a top three catcher. Paul Goldschmidt is a top. Paul Goldschmidt, I think right now, is the number two hitter to own in the MLB for fantasy baseball. I think it goes Mike Trout and then Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the argument could be made for... Uh, Bryce Harper as well, but yeah, I don't I don't see that one working out. I don't think that's a good trade uh, if you have Goldschmidt and Posey. If you can pull it off and you have Santana, like you're getting a steal of a deal. If yeah. you're the Urban Santana owner and you can somehow make that trade work, you are just taking that all the way to the bank because that's how you, that's a move that will win help you win the league in a big way. All right. If you're if you're on the other side though, the poser Posey and the gold trend owner, no. Terrible decision. Here's the last one. I like this one actually a lot. Josh Donaldson for George Springer. You know, yeah. Uh, if you're the guy that's getting George Springer, I think I like that. I'm not convinced Josh Donaldson's going to play much baseball this year. Um, then again, you run the risk of him coming back and, and being lights out like he always is. But Well, you know, the thing is that Josh Donaldson, I think he's still, well, obviously not this year. I think he's lost a little bit too much time to be in the MVP uh, uh, talks this year. But if you have a position of need, you know, you really need the third baseman, you really need uh, Springer plays center field for the Astros, right? Uh, yeah, I think I believe he has center field eligibility. Yeah, like if you, re- I could see that being an okay trade, but again, it's you're shuffling around the deck chairs on the Titanic. Like, <laughs> a little bit. That one's a little different, though. If you, it's because like a third baseman, a good third baseman. There's maybe only eight really good third basemen. You gotta have the team to carry without George Springer. And while waiting on Josh Donaldson, that's a big yeah. thing for me. Like you, you can't be having like a, a kind of iffy team. You gotta have a strong team that can that can hold out until jo- Josh Donaldson comes back and gets into a rhythm. From the looks of things, uh, the Jays aren't looking to rush Donaldson back. They're gonna let him heal up 100. percent Well, now that they're actually playing, all right, they don't have to really worry about it. So. Yeah, it, it's an interesting. It's you know what Springer for Donaldson is an interesting trade to think about. I don't think I would personally ever do that unless I really needed one of those positions. And again, I had a guy that could backfill for the position. But um, 
Yeah, I I don't know. I I could see, I guess I could see myself doing it. Nah, that's fair. Uh, is that it for emails? That's it for uh, emails. You had your buddy sent us one by. Oh text. yeah, there's one more. Oh uh, yeah, a good friend of mine, uh, Eric Gray, had a couple questions about his team. Eric Gray, that's a real baseball name. Yeah, yeah, no, no kidding. We shouldn't be saying last names on the air. Shouldn't I? What if they stalk him? Well, he's handsome enough. He is. Uh, have you met him? Have you seen his beard? Oh, okay. I, I can't say I have. Um, so, Eric's predicament is he's got decent pitchers, but nothing uh, overly standout-ish. Um, his, his big ace is you Darvish right now. Uh, he's looking to upgrade. And basically, my, my thought when I saw his team was that I think he should package you Darvish and Robbie Ray and try to get some really solid, another maybe two solid pitchers back just to bo- like uh, to boost his lineup. Um, so my thought was, yeah, like give up you Darvish. Somebody's going to want you Darvish. He's, he's been lights out. He's had a great start to the year. Robbie Ray, you, you kind of don't always know what you're going to get with him, but for the... Forgetting you, Darvish, somebody will take Robbie Ray off your hands. Now, I kind of looked through his league and kind of was looking at different teams and different options of who has a strong pitching staff that they can afford to take on Robbie Ray because they want you, Darvish, that badly. So we're looking at teams that have, you know, Team A has Clayton Kershaw, Stroman, uh, Estrada, Pineda, like decent, decent pitchers. Who would you go after out of that lineup? Um... I might take Strowman. You know what? I'm going to let Chris talk about this first. Cause I just want to take a look at this lineup a little bit closer. Um, okay, I guess I'll take the lead on this one. Uh, so my problem is I really hate trying to pull off trades that are like pitcher for pitcher or hitter for hitter. Yeah. Um, if I'm – and obviously sometimes I'll do a package deal or I'll be a pitcher and a hitter for two hitters or a pitcher and a hitter for two pitchers or something like this. But – as far as I'm concerned, it's really hard to make a two-pitcher for two-pitcher or two-pitcher for one-pitcher deal work out just because it's it, it's uh, it's tough because the guy getting the one really good pitcher in that situation is generally winning the trade unless you're doing something crazy like sending, uh, I don't know, Scherzer and... Darvish for Kershaw, right? Jesus, that would be a that's a tall Sorry, ass that's just, price. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah okay, it, was, it, was meant, it was meant to be outrageous, but um What about this? What about this? So say those guys go, what about a relief pitcher? Yeah, you know what? Relief pitching I can see. Like but, uh, like what I'm looking at here, maybe uh those guys for Justin Verlander and someone oh. Yeah, you know, that's a good point, is you can ship off two good pitchers for another good pitcher and a good reliever because the reliever inherently has less value, well, in some leagues. And our league, it's weird. Relief, Really good relief pitching is worth almost as much as uh, starting pitching, whereas middle-tier relief pitching, is, as it's worked out this year, has fallen off a bit. Not falling off, but it just doesn't produce the the same points. Uh, you can't really compare them to the starters. Um, but yeah, I could see like two starters for a starter and a reliever working. 
What about this? This is my last one. Um, what if it was you, Darvish, Robbie Ray for Arietta and Garrett Cole? No, get Bundy in that. If I'm the Bundy's the best pitcher in. I think he has the most points for. If I'm in if I'm the Arietta and Cole owner, I am pulling the pulling the trigger on that because Arietta's looked like garbage and Cole is not 2015 Garrett Cole. But do you not think there could be a potential upside in that? If you wait it out, maybe they find their rhythm. Maybe, but I don't know. It just there's there's something I haven't. I'm gonna vet this by saying that I haven't watched a lot of Cubs games. In fact, I can probably count on one hand how many Cubs games I've watched, and of those, one of them might have been an Arietta start. I just have no trust in Arietta this year. He's not pitching, uh, like 2015 Arietta. Yeah. Um. I don't know what's changed for him because, like I said, I haven't really been paying attention to him. But it's just I, I don't value him that highly. Um, it's it's tough though. It's tough. Like you know who the top ten pitchers in the league are. It's just everything after that. And then you know who the the number eleven through number thirty pitcher are. It wouldn't be that hard to make a list. But that from eleven to thirty on any given day. They could pitch like an ace. They could have a bad outing. It's it's tough in that specific uh, bracket of pitchers to assign a very concrete value to them. Well, that's uh, the advice you're getting, Eric. So I would just want Eric. to say, I want to say though that uh, he has a Von Nova on his team. Who I think you're selling short. I think that Nova has been pretty lights out this year. I'd try and package something up for Bundy there. I think Bundy is having a quiet all-star season right now. He hasn't pitched a game. He's pitched one game under 10 points, and it was 9.85. Maybe just go for broke and get Bartolo Colon and R.A. Dickey. Well, R.A. Dickey is having a stellar year. No, he's not. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's like somebody saying Francisco Lindor has been playing good. Your opinion, you can... Say what you want. I mean... Anyways. Literally hundreds of people listen to you say it. So. Yeah. Uh, now I want to talk about something real fun. No, I just want to say about uh, Bartolo Colon or on the uh, topic. So uh, I don't know if any of you out there play Beat the Streak. I haven't been playing this year, but I've played it before. You guys are familiar with Beat the Streak? So the uh, you have to pick a guy to get a hit every day and if you can predict it correctly 56 or 50 or you have to beat uh the 56 game hitting streak so if you can predict 57 in a row you win 5.6 million dollars really guy was on 51 no and he picked uh who did he pick he picked two j's that was anyway the j who didn't get a hit was ezekiel carrera why did he pick carrera because Carrera's been hitting well. Been hitting he was, well, I know. But... He was thinking that Bartolo Colon pitching, Carrera would definitely get a hit. And I feel bad for that guy. You should never hang your hat on that Ezekiel Carrera. <laughs> All right, now we're going to do our breakdown of players in the MLB that kind of strike me as serial killers. Yeah, we uh, told the people we were going to do this last week. So uh, this is it. Are we? Where are we starting? Top or bottom? We're going to start bottom. Okay. Honorable mention? Number five. No, we'll do... Uh, yeah, honorable mention. Honorable mention, Andrew Kashner. 
Kind of looks like he feeds people like pigs. Personal opinion, shared by all of Stealing Home. Yeah. Uh, okay, Number but five. Max Crazy Eyes Scherzer. Which way is he looking? I would not, you know, I think that we've, I can't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I would not want to be standing in the batter's box facing Max Scherzer because I would not be focusing on the pitches. Which eye would you look at? That's the thing. Well, the darker one. The darker one. I think that's where you... No, that's that's the darkness. You don't look in the darkness. I think any of us, one of us would kill to have two different colored eyes. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's got that one pretty eye. Yeah. One pretty eye. All right. Next on the list. Number four. Hulu Urias. He's young. Those eyes don't go in the same direction all the time. (laughs) There's something, something going on there. That's why he's such a great pitcher. You don't know where he's looking. Something on holes. Is he going to pick him off or is he throwing a pitch? Uh, <laughs> number, three, number three. Jason Wirth without a beard. Jason Wirth with a beard. Still kind of crazy. Still a little crazy, but looks halfway as normal. Just go, go if you got time tonight or tomorrow or the next day. Just, just Google Jason Wirth without a beard. It's unsettling. Number two. Hunter Pence with a beard. <laughs> with a beard. He's kind of got, uh, I don't remember what the exact disorder is that he has with his back. I mean, I'm sure it's not the funnest thing, but the little hunch kind of adds to the whole effect. And he's always moving around. Yeah. and like Can't sit still. Looks a little strung out. Like, you know, maybe he's got some guilt hidden behind those crazy eyes. He's got, when he has that big beard going, unkempt. He looks like that guy that might just come into the office one day. And Loaded 12 gauge, no remorse. Sad times. All right. Number one. Chris, do the honors for us. Zach Granke. Zombie or serial killer? I'm going to confirm that I am pretty sure he's a serial killer. It's, it's you know what? I think he's killed people. He's got that look. I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you on that because I know what's going on. The guy's been living in Arizona for like what three years, two years. Nobody now? notices when someone's murdered in Arizona. No, I just mean the guy's been soaking in that Arizona sun, and he still looks like he lives in the North Pole. That's what if guilt. that's not a, if that's not a zombie, I don't know what is. That's the guilt of killing people. Anyway, speaking guilt of killing people, it looks like someone's at our door. We gotta so wrap it's this. Time to wrap it up. Follow us at Stealing Home KNR on Instagram and Twitter, or email us some more uh, trade questions, whatever you want at stealinghomeknr at gmail.com. I like how we put the uh, 